Don't look at me, it's the Trebles who are breeding. And if we don't get them off the ship, we're going to be hip deep in them. Lieutenant O'Hara, how did all these Trebles get on the bridge? I don't know, sir. They do seem to be all over the ship. I'm forced to agree with the doctor. I've been running computations on their rate of reproduction. The figures are taking an alarming direction. They're consuming our supplies and returning nothing. Oh, but they do give us something, Mr. Spock. They give us love. Well, Cyrano Jones says that a triple is the only love that money can buy. Welcome to another edition of Black Tribble Squared. We are coming to you live from the beautiful 900 AM WURD on air, online, and in your community. Uh, I am Kennedy, also known as that Mikey Chick, also known as Storm Tribble. Welcome back. Oh, thanks, guys. It's Welcome good to back, be back. One. Thanks, thanks. It's been a long time. Cause I left you. <laughs> and I am joined in studio by Mike Boomin, superhuman, planet consuming, your boy, our son, the voice of reason, Super Tribble is back in the joint. The man, the myth, the legend, Master Tribble, Emag. Rocking my denim, I'm about to give you a geek culture anima. It's your boy, Jay Rich, the Spider Tribble. Holla at your boy, this is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. I want your shirt, man. And we have a very special guest it's in true. the studio. Sheena Howard. Hello. No, 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 no. Do it justice. Do it right. Yeah, yeah. Don't sit here like you ain't tell us the whole rundown. Don't let Kennedy put you on front street. Kennedy, are you going to run the intro? Yeah, yeah. Because obviously she don't know what she's doing with herself. Please run that for her. Which is precious. However, this is Dr. Sheena C. Howard, Ph.D., doctorate in intercultural and rhetorical communication. Yes, yes, yes. Which is to say, you're not as smart as she is. You're not as you don't have a book published but she does right. and it's called black comics politics of race and representation so we're going to be getting in uh getting in deep if you will <laughs> on the an analysis of black <laughs> comic strips uh, you're welcome to join in on the conversation give us a call in studio at 866-361-0900 once again that is 866-361-0900 uh, you can find us on facebook follow us on twitter at black tribbles i will be tweeting at storm tribble this evening so feel free to get in where you fit in and holla at a tribble uh, i just want to start things off by saying i had a real geeky moment yesterday felt pretty good about that i feel like i I might not have covered it accurately on on twitter nation um i saw a picture the other day of lavar burton also known as jordi laferge also known as kunta kinte also known as reading rainbow and all the other great things that most black people our age know of him for uh anyway there's this picture of him sitting in in an easy chair with this holiday background and he's reading from a tablet and uh he's wearing glasses and i'm like hold up LeVar Burton is reading from a tablet with an optical device. Let me tweet this, right? So I tweeted it, and within f- five minutes, I don't know however long it took, uh, he tweeted back and, like, retweeted it to his peoples. And I was like, 
Oh, snap. He knows who I am. <laughs> Those are real tears, people. <laughs> it just, I don't know, it just made, made me happy. Happy in my, in my nerdy spots. That's cool. That's, that's sweet. Sheena, have you ever been happy in your nerdy spots? <laughs> yes. Care to share? It's personal. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. All right. That's cool. Um, let's get let's get into this. Uh, your book, Black Comics, The Politics of Race and Representation. And um, first of all, I think it, it, you just got to ask the question, uh, Why? Why? Why did you do this? Were you are you into black comics? What made you follow this course? Um, it all started in graduate school. I did my dissertation on the Where'd you go to grad school? Howard University. Yo. Yes, yes. Um, so I did my dissertation there um, on the Boondocks comic strip, Aaron Magruder's The Boondocks. And one of the things that I wanted to do in researching the comic strip was really get a history of black comic strip artists mm. that wrote about the black experience. So I thought I was just going to go to the library, look up a couple books, get a couple names and do this literature review. And what I found was really frustrating that there there was no real place for me to go to get this history on black um cartoonists that specifically focused on comic strips. I know that's that's uh, really a shame of it, especially since if you learn in your book and, and some people may know that uh, there have been black comic strips for as long as almost as long as there have been newspapers uh, going back to like the early 19 or even I think like, even like the late 1800s or maybe mm -hmm. even back mm -hmm. then you did your dissertation on the on the boondocks what about the boondocks spoke to you that made you want to do that well i was interested in doing my dissertation on something visual so i had already been uh, i had already, already really liked the boondocks comic strip mm -hmm. um and so i wanted to do something visual my phd is in rhetorical communication so i wanted to analyze some sort of language so i figured why not look at the boondocks specifically i was looking for the way the artist used african-american vernacular english in okay. the language of the strip and how he used that but still managed to reach a lot of people because not just black people read and enjoyed this this comic strip so so i was looking i was looking for that um and so yeah, I mean, I was looking for why this this strip was so successful when there are not a lot of comic strips by black artists that really are kind of like cultural icons that really reach that level of importance in newspapers. That's true because it almost took on like um, a life of its own for for the brief time that it was out there. Yeah. I mean, relatively brief time. Yeah. Um, but it was very controversial. Uh, it got pulled from some yeah. some some newspapers. A lot of people. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. He was and he was and he was an equal opportunity uh, a hitter. Yeah, man. Harry got it. Everybody. Mm -hmm. He really did. Uh, there was a there was a third collection. Um, of this of the of the strip that had a lot of like the annotated stuff in there and so he would put in how he had originally written it mm -hmm. and then how he had to change it yeah, for, for it to actually get how it had to actually get run mm -hmm. um and a lot of it a lot of it you and i and most people would not wouldn't see a lot of like well why couldn't he say this as opposed to that but as far as like the strips were concerned the papers were concerned it was a big deal mm -hmm. oh yeah um which to me, I was like, I, I mean, I guess, like, 
Especially when he was talking about politics, too. To oh, yeah. About Kanye, yeah. Is it right? George yeah. Bush, the war mm-hmm. in Iraq, those types of things, you know, people raise an eyebrow. Yeah. Yeah, especially if your your um, paper if is out there in the Midwest, you know the you know the heartland as they say, where you know they don't they don't take too kindly to people talking about the, their President Bush, right? You know, out right. there, you know. Right. But he didn't care. He didn't care. And I and I guess that that um, that freedom that I guess he was able to exercise mm-hmm. in a comic strip is probably also uh, what. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? That oh, I see so what you're precious. doing. Um, I, I guess that freedom that he was able to exercise in the strip was also very um, appealing to you as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, one of the things, I, I thought it was funny. It was controversial. I always wanted to see what he was going to say next. Mm-hmm. And it was relevant. It was, it was relevant to things that were actually going on in society. So you, so you can relate. Anybody can relate, not, not just right. black people. And so that was one of the things that that I really really liked about it. So then so then you did the dissertation and you couldn't find a book so then you decided that you were going to be the answer to your problem. Yeah, I mean I do a lot of things with media representation in general not just not just comic strips. Mm-hmm. Um but after I finished my dissertation it just bothered me. I'm like, there should be a place for people to go to learn about these great African-American cartoonists. And so this is this this book is only part of the story. There are so many more that I don't even know about or that I didn't get to mention in this book. But at least there's a place for kids to go to um, adults to go to to say, OK, um, let me look at the history of okay. of this and let, let me at least get a baseline or an idea uh, of of these artists. Now, uh, you you got a number of different um, contributors right. to contribute essays in your book. And right. you also had uh, Ronald Jackson, mm-hmm. who helped edit it, who actually has written about uh, yeah. a lot of a lot of um, books and, mm-hmm. and articles on the representation of blacks and and especially black masculinity. Bl- black masculinity. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that yeah. he was he's big on that. Big. Um, the, one of the the essays that you wrote is kind of like a um, kind of like a history right of the of black comic strips, and it goes all the way back. It's funny you were talking about how the Boondocks use like the black vernacular or mm-hmm. speech mm-hmm. slang. You know what I mean? Black English vernacular is the proper term for the urban dialect. <laughs> Even I know that. So, <laughs> sorry, I just wanted to jump in there. It was like double dutch, and I felt the need to give it a couple uh, steps and hop back out. <laughs> uh, but that that actually dates back to those early comic strips. I think uh, one of the ones that you mentioned in there was um, was it Bungleton mm-hmm. Slim Bungleton Green? Bungleton Green, yeah, yeah, yeah. who started out kind of like talking like that as well before mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. graduated and, and right. Right, right. Graduated, became intelligent, and then yeah. as that that strip um, progressed, he, he stopped talking like that and started speak, speaking what we would call standard. I never heard of that strip, man. It's crazy. Yeah, Green. Green. That was one of the one of the first ones in like the nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, and back then. Um, Cartoonists could only black black cartoonists could only really publish in black newspapers. Black newspapers so right. even if they were syndicated, or they're only syndicated in what the three or four black newspapers that were out. Right. Yeah, it was it was Bungleton Green and Sunny Boy Sam. Yes, I think yes. Bungleton Green may have been my great great uncle. I'm not certain. <laughs> 
Hush your mouth. It wasn't. Hush your mouth. He's just he's just he kidding wasn't. there, he ladies wasn't. and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, but then you, yeah, you had like Sunny Boy Sam, which mm-hmm. actually. I, I can't remember which one actually ran for a long time. I think it may have been Bungleton. Bungleton, that one, I believe that one had like four different artists switched between who who was creating it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and it wound up running the, uh, into like the the thirties or the forties, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you're right; they they weren't able to get out there and reach a, a wide audience until I think Jackie Orms with Torchy mm-hmm. actually did reach a wider mm-hmm. Torchy, audience. I remember actually, Torchy was around for a while. Wasn't really it? popular, yeah. Um, she was one of the first African American female cartoon well there are only two of them by the way um but she was the first one to be syndicated but again that was only really in black newspapers at that at that time right so we're talking about like the 40s the 50s there were only two so i know i knew jackie, jackie. Orms and barbara johnson those are the only two black female comic strip artists to ever be syndicated wow wow yeah that's crazy yeah barbara johnson had the comic strip where i'm coming from mm-hmm. um which ended in 2005 um, but her father was a, a comic strip artist. He oh, had, really? Um, yeah, Brumsick Brandon. Um, he had a comic strip called Luther in the forties, fifties. Wow. Yeah. So I she, so she kind of already had that. her foot in the door. Yeah, so when you yeah. think about it, it's really tough for black artists to become syndicated as far as comic strips are concerned. But for black women, it's even not harder. Not yeah. And. and I wonder, is it harder? Is it harder for them to to reach out there because they want to talk about the experience that they that they have? And then, you know, people are like, ah, we don't want to hear about that. And so they don't want the syndicates like, no, no, no. Put that in the black news. Yeah. A a lot of publishers, a lot of syndicates will say that there are not there's not a target audience Mm -hmm. um, for these these types of characters People don't read. <laughs> exactly but i actually had a conversation with uh with uh barbara Brand- brandon um on the telephone and she told me um that it was really hard to break in you know people would always thank her you know thank you for representing black females um in these comic strips and she said that she would always feel bad because she felt like as long as she was there then no other black females could could get to the position that she was at i know one of the other um essays that are that is in there speaks about the representation of black females yeah. in comic strips and uh, I know you didn't write that I think it was written by Tia yeah, Tyree Dr. Tia Tyree at Howard University excuse me Dr. <laughs> Tia Tyree right. it's nothing but there's nothing but doctors in this book ladies and gentlemen right. this it's is a lot a, of time and it's a lot of money that's right get it right <laughs> a lot of, lot of, lot of debt yeah, yeah. <laughs> True that. Um, it, it, so she wrote this uh, this essay about the representation of black females mm-hmm. in comic strips. And the second I read that that title, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Hey, I can't think of a whole lot of black. Com- exactly. <laughs> it, it, um, I I thought of Torchy, mm-hmm. and then uh, and it's funny. Uh, a few years ago, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I did a comic strip in the Germantown Courier called Bree. <laughs> There's my horn. Um, <laughs> uh, ran there for a couple of years, and I thought like I was like being ahead of the game, you know, mm-hmm. like I was about a black female living and loving in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And somebody um, wrote to the newspaper saying like, you know, oh, this reminds me of Torchy, mm-hmm. and that was the first time that I had heard mm-hmm. of Torchy. And mm-hmm. then I looked back, and that's when I heard about you know 
found out about Jackie Orms and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, but there, there really aren't a lot of black females in comic strips. There's not. And one of the things that um, Tia Tyree talks about in her chapter is that um, as we move into the 21st century or as we, as time goes on, that there are black female char- characters that are represented in different settings. So they're not just maids or housewives, mm-hmm. um, but they're still not main characters. Like they're, they're still not there. And even in the boondocks, there's not one black female character that you can name in the boondocks. No, because even the the little girl Jasmine is interracial. Interracial, and she has a lot of identity crisis problems. Yeah, she wanted right. Mix Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's there was such a cute. I remember one of my favorite Jasmine uh, strips was she had spent all this time straightening her hair, and mm-hmm. it was like this beautiful, like luxurious Pantene Pro V type stuff. But she was all like la la la, and she goes to skip out the house, and the sun hits, and it goes poof, mm-hmm. and it was like Africa again, and I was like. This poor little girl, right? And Huey's like, uh, "You have an afro, like you have, you right, have right, African hair." <laughs> I just thought it was interesting because I, all black women go through that that that, mm-hmm. that struggle of how do I identify what is acceptable, what is appropriate, what is still professional, what mm-hmm. is not selling out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was it was interesting to see. And then I think in that particular strip, it was there was no words. You know, it was just her. Mm-hmm. I was like, sometimes that is so poignant in and of itself. Right. Yeah, it's a, all the more powerful. Mm-hmm. You can do it just through the image. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was, uh, oh, I was gonna say that I suffer from that myself. Um, <laughs> with my hair, I have to, you know, I struggle with my identity of, <laughs> of being either Little Wayne or Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> every, every day, I, I, I look in the mirror and I struggle with it. I go Yo, I need to see you in a gynan hat. <laughs> just flip a coin. Just flip a coin. I need That's to see right. you in a gynan hat right now. I see your little Wayne and Whoopi Goldberg and raise you two chains and Will I Am. Oh, I, I did get that. Uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before I got Will I Am. Uh, so I was just walking outside and the girl was like, oh my God, you look just like Will I Am. I was like, thank no, you. No. <laughs> and she was like, no, he's hot. I was like, oh, I guess okay. that's a compliment. And I was like, hey, like if I, you say so. Yeah, right. I don't know. I struggle with it because that's what I get every day when I go outside. No one knows who I am. Wow. As long as you know who you are, Jay. <laughs> as long as you know, Jay. A quick shout out for my man Tim Hershey, uh, who actually met you at Ekbok this year, uh, picked up the book. Fabulous guy, friend of mine at the store. So he sends you a quick shout out. Um, my here's my the 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 thing that was uh, I was going through the book uh, at my store, and one of the things that kind of sat in my head was uh, like I love the cover. I don't know if you guys, anybody that hasn't seen yes. the cover, the cover there's like amazing. some very cool outlines of, of some, if you know the characters, you're like, oh, that's Black Panther and that's Franklin. Mm-hmm. Franklin. Upside down Franklin. Um, one of the things that's always kind of gotten to me that I've always found fascinating was about Franklin. Mm-hmm. And I remember a... Sh- uh, uh, and, and quickly tell people who Franklin, Franklin is. Franklin, the black kid from Charlie Brown. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember... Uh, Not to be confused with Tolkien from South Park. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Damn. I remember a strip and... Uh, uh, from Charlie Brown, and I, I, people keep telling me there's no way it was real, but uh, Franklin was was ice skating, right? Mm-hmm. And he was practicing hockey, and Peppermint Patty was like, she was practicing her figure skating, and she was like, well, I'm practicing to be a figure skater. I don't know if it was Peppermint Patty or Lucy, and he was like, well, I'm practicing because I want to be one of the you know a great hockey player. And I swear to God, I remember a strip where she was like, how many blacks in the NFL, Franklin? And I'm like, what? <laughs> the there's NHL? no way this is real. And, 
And as a kid, I swear to God, I remember reading this. And the older I get, I'm like, no, this had to. This, I don't know if that could have happened. And was there? Were you allowed to just kind of do that stuff? You know, because you know, obviously now it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But you know, when when Charles Schultz was doing his thing, obviously he didn't. There wasn't a whole lot of race in the peanuts besides the the fact that Franklin existed. But I don't think they ever brought up the fact that he was black, except that one time. Mm-hmm. And was. Was there a time in comics where you could just get away with that kind of stuff? I mean, well, when we talk about the representation of black people, there's a time in history where you can get away with saying well, yeah. anything about... But even today, there are comic strips about President Obama that are negative and characters and stuff like that. So I think even today, people get away with it all the time. That just seemed weird to there me. There are TV shows dedicated... Scandal is about a black woman who's totally okay with being the president's side joint. In 2013... Like and, and its highest demographic, it's is is black women. It's like it happens, dude. It's unfortunate. I just didn't know you could get away with that. Like it just seemed really blatant. Yeah, and at a point where I didn't think you could get away with it anymore. So I don't know how old that strip is. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's something I made up. Uh, I I'm, I need to find a way to find it because it's going to drive me nuts. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure it happened. I'm sure it's real. I, I think it still crazy. happens. It, it, it still happens today with representations of, of African-Americans in general. All right, as long as I'm not crazy. <laughs> that, that's, that's my only concern. <laughs> but when I, when I was doing my research for this book and, and really looking up the history of, of representations of black people and of black cartoonists, I, I had a moment in the library where I was like, were there any black cartoonists that made comic strips in the history of comic strips. I even had a moment myself, like maybe maybe there weren't any. Right. You know? There um just to to answer Randy's point, uh straight from Wikipedia, one strip of peanuts from November sixth, nineteen seventy four, was accused by some Peanuts fans of showing insensitivity towards African Americans. The comic strip showed Peppermint Patty practicing her skating while Franklin Jesus. is busy practicing hockey. Pe- Peppermint Patty tells him that he is in the way and she's practicing for a skating competition. Franklin tells her that he is practicing to become a great hockey player, to which she insensitively responds, how many black black players in the NHL, Franklin? Thank you, Jesus. The strip caused a minor controversy, and although Schultz has told multiple fans that the joke was not meant to be racist whatsoever, many beg to differ. A fan sent Charles Schultz a letter regarding the strip 12 years after it was first published, and Schultz sent sent a terse reply. So, you were not... Alright, good. I'm not crazy. You were not crazy. Honestly, not my... That's honestly my my only concern. Schultz was not a racist. He was not a racist. I honestly... I don't... I don't. I don't know if I see that as a racist, but I'm a racial. Not necessarily racist, but it's definitely insensitive. Yeah. They, 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 well, yeah. There's some insens- insensitivity to it, but is is he is he trying to make a point of showing the insensitivity of of us through Peppermint Patty's um, comment? I no. Mean, I, I thought it was funny at the time. I was like. Oh, that's pretty funny. There are no black players in the NHL. Okay, fine. What's your read on it, Sheena? That'd be interesting. I think that popular culture in general reflects society and 
it's bi-directional society what happens in society is reflected in, in the media i mean right. so a comment like that like you just said it's like oh well yeah there aren't any any black black players there so especially I, in 1974 especially in 1974 so i i think that the comment in in that strip just reflects what was actually happening in real life so do you but do you think it's do you think it's a racist or is it, or is it a, just a uh, idea of racial humor I don't think that strip was racist. I don't think that strip was racist. I actually don't even think it was insensitive. Funny. I think it was just true. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just true. Stating fact. Yeah. The, the black comic strip I remember growing up very um, uh, fondly was Wee Pals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember it for two reasons. One, because you, you could see it in the newspapers. Right. Maury Turner. He was right, Maury Turner. one of the first nationally syndicated black comic strip cartoonist. And I I seem to remember that um, like Archie, We Pals also did like a religious type of version of their strip too that I would see sometimes when I went to went to church. I maybe I'm mis I'm misremembering that, but I I seem to remember that mm-hmm. as well. Seeing like a a version of it where they live like maybe going to Sunday school or something mm-hmm. like that. Um I always likened that to our peanuts, wee pals, because it was it was an inter, interracial, um, intercultural, multicultural cast mm-hmm. of characters, and they were basically kids that never grew up, mm-hmm. but they were, were living like adults on the streets, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't see them as necessarily. They weren't lower class kids. They weren't like poor or anything like that. They were, weren't necessarily middle class either. They were just living, right. you know, just regular kids, doing just regular, regular kids. Things. Yeah, and I and I always appreciated that. I appreciated that a lot. And I, when I read uh, the comic strip now, Curtis, mm-hmm. I'm I'm brought back to Wee Pals a little mm-hmm. bit, especially mm-hmm. how he shows the hats. Uh, Curtis wearing his little hat, kind of like they did. Then. Right, definitely some similarities. But I think I think for comic. Com- black comic strips to get to the level that the boondocks it was really like people are paying attention and waiting you got to push the envelope a little bit but i yeah. do i do like to see a variety of representations of regular um african americans doing regular things that are funny to every everyday people uh stephanie long says um that uh she feels that the peanuts situation was racist and saying uh there weren't any because they weren't welcome Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, that's racist. Yeah. That, I don't know if the the strip. That that's for the the fact that there are no or black people can't be was hockey players. Yeah. Well, that's, that's clearly some some racial things going on. But I don't think the comment in the strip is. I think the racist. strip was trying to bring out. Yeah. And let you show you the racism that was underlined yeah, in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Because everybody else would. Even, I mean, up until some years ago, people were just like, eh, that's a white people's sport. Yeah, you know, exactly. like, yeah, yeah, same yeah. with golf and, you know, a few, you know, a few other sports. They were like, yeah, let's leave well, it to the white people. <laughs> white people had it. No, let's take them all over. Yeah. Just black folk everywhere. Well, what do you think, Triple Nation? Feel free to give us a call in studio at 866. Uh, Schultz racist. 866-361-0900. Once again, that is 866-361-0900. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Black Tribbles. Do you think the, the majority of the black comic strips that are out there now, that are at least 
syndicate it because there's tons on the web. Yeah. The, 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 I mean, you know, the web has opened up the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the ones that are syndicated now, and not all of them, but some of them, like Curtis mm-hmm. um or uh, Mama's Boys, mm-hmm. or um, I'm trying to think of what's the one with the guys that own the ice cream shop. I can't think of the name of it right now, and they, they they're going to kill me. Uh, but do you jump think? Start. Yeah, mm-hmm. jump start, jump start. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, do you think that they're maybe a little apprehensive of pushing the envelope for fear of you know getting losing the syndication? I mean, like you know, the newspaper game is yeah. slowly dying. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a concern for anybody who's publishing something that's going to be disseminated to a large number of people. You have to think about what you're saying, the, mm. the image that you're putting out about a certain community or, or, or a certain certain group of people. I, I think that's always a concern. One of the chapters in the book talks about cultural gatekeeping. Okay. Um, and, and one of the things that that chapter talks about is what the pro- what the end product looks like. So it has to go through all of these levels of, uh, of people messing with your art. So you have your idea as a comic strip artist. Um, then it goes through the editor, and the editor has something to say. So then the comic strip, strip changes a little bit. And then yeah. the final product is basically what the artist did, but also everybody else's say through that through that publishing yes. Yes, publishing process committee. yeah so I, I think there's some of that going on but as the artist you do have to to be aware and cognizant of um, what you're representing and the image that you're putting out and that's why the web is so inviting to everybody because you you don't you don't have that it's right. it's just you and your fan base, right? It's, it's really, really no, no middleman. I mean, you can draw what you want. You almost can can say what you want. And it, it's a, it's a good place for for anybody to have an opportunity to to have a following and get an audience, and not have to worry about getting someone to publish your work or validate your work. I love it. 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 You were bubbling over in the conference room earlier, Len. Yes. With excitement with us. I hope you know. He doesn't get frothy for too many people, <laughs> Dr. Howard. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, well, you know. Never living that down. Ever. Never, never, never. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go. No, no. Okay. Yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no dead air on radio. Um, all right. So the book has come together, and you've got all. And, and if just to let people know, they can get this on on Amazon. You can get it at Comics and More and yeah, Plymouth Meeting Mall, most definitely. And go through some of the chapters that are, are that are in here. Uh, you've got the brief history of the black comic strip, the trouble with romance in Jackie Orm's comics. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it smells new, uh, Jay. Uh, uh, and if you could just give us an overview of each chapter. Like here, we've got black comics and social media economics, new media, new production models. This is by uh, Derek Lackiff and Michael mm-hmm. Sales. What's- well, one of the things that I tried to do with the book um my focus was black com- black comic strips specifically mm-hmm. and the history of it. But one of the things that I wanted to do was to get um, multiple contributors writing in about different facets of comics in general so we could have a real comprehensive book of the history that wasn't just about 
black comic strips, but was also about superheroes, was also about cultural gatekeeping and the trials and tribulations that um, black artists um, go through in trying to get published. So I wanted a variety of perspectives. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why I got so many people to write it. Um, Nancy Goldstein has a chapter in there, and Nancy Goldstein is actually the person who... um, published the book on on Jackie Orms the, mm-hmm. the first black female to be to be syndicated as far as uh comic strips are concerned um i think we have a couple chapters in there on the boondocks specifically one that i did and i think one that uh Ron Jackson Jackson did as well in there yes. um, uh, and your your chapter on the boondocks is gender race and the boondocks what what are you talking about in there you t- for that one, for that one, um, I took cool pose. The concept of cool pose, um, cool pose is is about black masculinity, and it talks about the behaviors that black males purposely use in order to deal with an oppressive society. So. Mm-hmm. Things like racial profiling, being harassed by the police, all of these types of things. Um, black men have to learn how to deal with those things and keep their cool. So right. Cool Pose talks about um, all of those things and really connects it back to slavery um, and, and that history. So I applied the concept of Cool Pose to the Boondocks comic strip. So I look specifically at... Um, Yo Mama jokes. So right, Yo Mama, yeah, the dozens that that's part of African American history and and being able to withstand verbal insults about your mother, but it's not supposed to end up in a fight. You're supposed to be able to keep your cool and be witty and come back with something equally harmful about your opponent's mother. Um, so I apply that concept to the Boondocks comic strip. And one of the things that that led me to the gender dynamics in the comic strip because no strong black female character is mentioned in the Boondocks comic strip. We don't really really? hear anything about Huey and Riley's mother. Mother, But when we do hear about their mother, it's in the form of a, you know, your mom is so fat when she jumps in the air, she gets stuck. Something like that. So that's the only thing we know about about their mother. So that's that led me to discussing the gender dynamics in the comic strip and this ambivalence towards women in the comic strip. And we see that not only in the Boondocks comic strip, but unfortunately in in a lot of of the other black comic strips, there, there's usually not a, a strong female character that, that that's in the limelight that has a perspective that has something to say. That's a whole other ball of wax because yeah. it's that's widespread. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? No matter what aspect of the genre you're looking at, mm-hmm. uh, what aspect of the workforce you're looking mm-hmm. at, politically, religiously, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a whole other spiel about you know gender equality as far as representation is concerned. Yeah, and, and, it, and it all relates. So we see these representations in the comic strips, but also, like, when I when I went to Ekbok or when I when I go to uh, the uh, comics conventions, like, someone actually asked me, you know, well, where are the black women? Like, I'm usually, like, the only black woman behind the table at the comics convention. So not only they're not represented in the medium, in the comic strips medium, but, but that might be the reason why a lot of black women are not interested in comics you know it, it, it's kind of it's, it's bi-directional so you have to, you have to question that as well well all right just playing devil's advocate mm-hmm. as far as the 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 guys that are doing the comic strips mm-hmm. right are they maybe not r- representing the female voice because one that may not feel you know adequate 
adequate to, you know, give it the proper voice or and two, they're taking this opportunity to get their thoughts, their views, their, you know, you know, nobody's speaking for the brother. So they're getting that, you know, the black man's point of view out in their comic strips and you know that's their vehicle so i mean maybe you know maybe that's why they're not really yeah that might be another part of it um and and then to piggyback on your point devil's advocacy there are some black male comic creators that do tell things from a, a woman's perspective and it is pretty uh objective you know as far as a concern the first one that comes to mind is lance tooks and narcissa yes. i don't know if you're familiar with with that um it's phenomenal. You should yeah, find no, it and no, read no. it. It's amazing. Commit parts of it to memory because it's amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, he he paints an amazingly well-rounded picture of this extremely educated and artistic uh, black woman who deals with uh, what she's called cultural gatekeeping. Uh, she's got this, this independent film that she's trying to get produced and her producer is just constantly coming up with issues, you know, back and forth. And eventually she she gets you know so overwhelmed with this process she starts to get sick and and on a last ditch efforts flees to spain and gets herself together and comes back to get her movie produced but just that whole process of of identifying the tropes of of black representation in media period mm -hmm. um and her struggle to overcome that plus plus you know i was trying to figure out a way to put this in the conversation earlier cultural gatekeeping doesn't necessarily just come from the executives or the producers or the powers that be there's a lot of that within us yeah. you know as far as discussing or at least deeming what is appropriate to discuss do yeah. we talk about the light skin dark skin stigma amongst mm -hmm. white people do we get into the whole natural hair uh, relaxed hair thing in front yeah. of uh, you know members of other eth ethnic groups right. um so sh that story deals a lot of, with that as well and you know generational things with our parents like not mm -hmm. being cool with stuff or, or older relatives um, so I recommend if you're unfamiliar it's a really great book um, I'm sure you can google it somewhere and find it yeah um, you make a good point too because that's that's one of the things that that chapter on cultural gatekeeping talks about level one is what the artist's cultural background and what they choose to put out there and what they choose not to put out there so if it's a male talking about the male experience he might not feel comfortable talking about something from a black female experience but it it is still and i don't have the answer to this question but it, it's still alarming that there aren't really many black female cartoonists that is it like they're not creative enough they're not drawing what what is it like why am i usually the only one at these comic conventions behind the table um doing doing anything in in this medium and i know Sorry, I just want to say, don't feel you're not alone. Yeah. There's, you know, um, I was up at the uh, the Black Comic Book Festival in uh, the Schomburg Center in Harlem earlier this year, and you know, I want to say those tables were like fifty fifty. You know, half guys and and half women. Alethea Martinez being one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, Joy Washington, a little bit more locally, is another. Afua Richardson down in she's in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Um, so there are a few that are you know constantly putting out new product and constantly you know plugging their thing and and on that circuit and doing their thing but this question stems into or at least branches into the whole argument that brandon easton was trying to bring out like uh one of the reasons why 
I don't know if it's a predominant reason or a marginal reason or what the case may be, but what a definite variable is the fact that, you know, everyone's so obsessed with this mainstream comic thing. Like, no one gives ind- independent artists their chance. Yeah. And I feel like the more and more people do that, as, you know, through venues like us and, and uh, Tony Williams and then through Carver and Odeus and, you know, all these different mm-hmm. various groups that are trying to get that word out there and trying to, you know, promote the presence of independent artists in general not not to not to specifically specify on what we love mm-hmm. um but the more and more people go out and buy that stuff the more you know women will be able to sell their stuff and it, it you know it's a, it's a pleasant cycle that can go in a really good direction but it has mm-hmm. to start somewhere well uh, the, the other scary part about it is that even even probably in the comic strips if you, if you think about it, it um when you think about the 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 stereotype of the man you know sitting reading the newspaper on his way to work or when he comes home you know so it so that audience is male and when you think about the stereotypical um, audience of comic books it, it is male but what, is it is it male because they're because women don't feel validated because they don't see themselves in, in the strip or is it just male because it's just male well I, well I, I i think that it, well, i'm saying just stereotypical mm-hmm. because there definitely are women that love comics and love comic strips and, and everything like that but um i think i think you you're right i think they don't see themselves validated in mm-hmm. in these in these works they see them they see themselves unfortunately objectified a lot mm-hmm in these works well, well, oh my yeah, god big time and, and, oh my talking, god. and not just in comics i mean you know all over oh my but, god but, but because of that listen wonder it's... woman we need you to fight this intergalactic disease bearing beastie but here's this little bikini for you to do it and go and but the other thing <laughs> and is you don't that, even get a ribbon to tie your hair back but the other thing is that because of that um it it becomes a environment that therefore is not one hundred percent inviting to the this to the female creator, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, because mm-hmm. one they don't feel like you know that that main audience is going to uh is going to appreciate my work right. and then two a lot of times unfortunately that a lot and not a lot, but the vocal minority of that audience will shout them down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they, they, they don't feel welcome in that environment, which means that they take to the web where they can find that niche group. You right. know, that, that they'll, right. they'll find their, their family. They'll find their tribe. Right. You know, and, and you guys are right. There are a lot of um, independent african-american artists doing a lot of things in fact um damian duffy and uh john jennings yeah. they, they published the book black comics c-o-m-i-x that talks all about african-american independent artists who are doing things and by the way john jennings is the one who designed that fabulous cover of, awesome. of, yeah, yeah cover is dope yeah it is all, it's all that i love it storm black panther i'm sorry i like black panther Clearly. <laughs> Would you like us to leave you alone for a moment? No, I've had my time with the book. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I haven't had a chance to read the book. Do you get into like how it's difficult to just like, I mean, situations where it talks about how black folk can't get jobs or how they struggle in the art community or in the comic field where or where. I know with like boondocks, there's certain stuff that's been knocked off or Mm -hmm. put on the back burner. But what about the other creators that 
ones who haven't made it or ones who were just completely cut out of the situation because either they were a black creator or their stories had black characters in it. Yeah, um, most of the book talks about representation of African-Americans, but that, that last chapter delves into that. That last chapter on cultural gatekeeping talks about some of those structural barriers to really becoming syndicated as an African-American artist or, re- or really hitting mainstream as an African-American yeah, artist. Yeah, because I want to get gritty in there and start you know, throwing some names around like, yo, Marvel did this. <laughs> DC did this because they were like, no, Blackie. Like, you can't come in this house. Because I, I know it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And even with we, I mean, we've discussed this on on the show before about how there's like characters who they've killed off because they're black or like mm-hmm. like Image. I there was a long time where I couldn't stand Image comics because they always put like this is outside of the comic strips, but more in the comic books where they were just killing black folk with AIDS for like like in the early nineties, like when Image first started, every black character died of AIDS. <laughs> like I was just like, really? Like we doing that? Get out of here. Is it like that on your block? (laughs) There's a a chapter in here I'm just reading here, um, chapter 10, uh, from sexual siren to race traitor, Condoleezza Rice in political cartoons. And and I'm assuming uh, that that one is talking about her depiction. Yes. And how she's been depicted in political cartoons. Yes, she's she's taking some hits, taking a lot of hits, taking a lot of hits in um in in the field of 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 comics in general. Um, Undeserved, I I, I think. Undeserved in the Boondocks too. They 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 really they really. you know, called her a lesbian, insinuated that she didn't like black men, and, mm-hmm. and all those those types of things, which is really really unfortunate. A lot of them used to point out or just try and like put her in this spotlight of her being Bush's slave. Yes, like he was he was always calling her shots, and like that was his little black side piece mm-hmm. that he kept on. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen like that a lot in cartoons. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I guess. I, Maybe she was an easy target. Yeah. You know, maybe there's a lot of content that that artist could come up with around her. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think a lot of it was undeserved. Absolutely. Especially I, considering, and not to step on your toes, no, but as far as other members of the Bush administration, like Colin Powell was in that cabinet, and no one was really taking shots at him. No, no, no. no, they no were, Aaron went at they, the ball. Oh, yeah, 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 they did. Aaron went at the ball hard. <laughs> yeah, grew, yeah, the boondocks, there was nobody outside Yeah, but there wasn't, it wasn't... Like like Dr. Howard was saying, like they were questioning her her sexual orientation. Not that it matters, but you know the fact that that was even brought up in her you know slander slander rather is like that kind of thing wasn't brought up as far as Colin Powell was concerned. So there's definitely like a well, he lost his race in a lot of those things. They're, right, but, they, we, they, but they Condoleezza on different lost It was the, the same le- amount of attack, just on a different level. That's you what I'm trying what I'm to explain like, to you. Not only did she lose her her race, I guess, quote, Oh, no, unquote, they kept her as a black girl. She was just a slave. What I'm saying is, not only was that, you know, chastised or, or ostracized, if you will, but or scrutinized, rather, is a better term, but also her, her sexual validity was threatened as well by, you know, insinuating that her orientation is less than favorable or that she was a dirty slut, you know, whatever the case may be. Like, there's always another level that gets tacked on to to women's side of things. It's unnecessary. And, and female female politicians, whether they're 
whatever their races are are usually targets of things like that. Right. They, if Hillary Clinton is running for president, mm-hmm. they're they're saying she's too masculine or she's acting like a man or mm-hmm. um, she's all these other things. So female politicians in the media are usually attacked. Period. Right. For different reasons, more so, more so than um, men. And there's there's a whole documentary called Misrepresentation that that talks about those types of things as well. Yeah, I've, I've actually, uh, I think I may have seen that or got it queued up to watch. I've heard about that documentary. This um, book, how long did it take you to do this? Put this together. Um, I started in 2009 when I was writing my dissertation. I graduated from Howard in 2010. Um, So it took me about a year and a half to write the dissertation. Um, And then as soon as I graduated in 2010, that's when I decided to to put the book together. And the book, um, I would say the book took about a year um, trying to actually find a publisher, a, a couple of publishers turned it down for various reasons one one publisher said that um well you can't talk about you can't that's always an issue but one publisher said you can't talk about all the all of these different forms of comics under one cover you have to focus on on one thing like you can't talk about superheroes and comic strips and animated cartoons you just can't do that under one cover so that that was one reason why one publisher turned it down because um, you were thorough yeah yeah huh. like, you know too much. That's whoa, whoa. That's entirely. You should send them a copy of the book and be like, "Yes, I can." <laughs> like, why are you talking about all these relevant topics? Can you just pick one, please? Whoa, whoa. That's too much for people. That is in a one book. Come on. Too much. And no pictures. What are you thinking? <laughs> and what's obsessed with most is that it's a, pic- a book about pictures, and there aren't enough pictures. This is obscene. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So I think the by the time we got to the third publisher, they wanted it. They liked it. They accepted it. So I, Bloomsbury. Bloomsbury. Yeah, um, they're like a subsidiary of um, Continuum. Mm-hmm. Continuum Press. Um, okay. How has how has the reception been to the book so far? Publisher said the re- the reception has been great. I mean, when I go to these uh, comic conventions, people are interested. People are coming there actually looking to buy the book. So um, it's 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 been been well received. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what's up. Where can people find it now? For us. You can go on Amazon. Um, I know uh, Comics and More, the store in King of Prussia, um, they're in negotiation with my publisher to get it on the distribution list. So hopefully it'll be in the store on the shelf soon. I I know that I had a couple books in Comics and More in the Plymouth Meeting Mall. Um, But also people can can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. um, And I always have books at at the, the comic conventions. Autograph books that people can get. Oh, autograph! Yeah. Oh, snap! Get your yeah. hand. This needs. To, this needs to be like in 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 schools. It really. Does. I was just about to say it's probably going to be required reading in some places once you get that ball rolling. Sweet. Yeah, it, it really brings to light some people that even comic fans, people who are mm-hmm. fans of comics in general, they don't know about a lot of these names and um yeah. And it's things like the fact that there's only been eight or nine black cartoonists to ever been syndicated in comic strips. Eight. The medium's been around since the 1920s. Right. There's only been two black female artists to be syndicated. It's been around since the 1920s. I mean... We got we to gotta make it happen. And, and we've already talked that in the 2014, we're going to get you on Black Tribbles Prime to talk more in depth about Jackie Orms. Yes, definitely. So we, we are definitely going to make that happen. What's next for you? Um, 
Next month, I have a book coming out called Black Queer Identity Matrix, um, which is a full discussion um, about the ways black, lesbian women in general negotiate their identity, how they communicate their identity, when they are comfortable coming out, when they choose to come out, Mm -hmm. why they choose not to come out, and how they navigate their identity in public discourse. So that should be out next month, and John Jennings actually did the cover for that book, too, so it has a, has a pretty awesome cover. Oh, cool. is that, is it, is, now, were you able to do that with, through, through the same publisher? or uh, This book will be a different publisher. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. And when you're looking to, to get publicized, you know, hit us up. We know a couple of places that will definitely definitely like to get, hey, we'll bring you on. I'm, I'm, definitely. So, so it was just, just to round this up, you literally wrote the book on, on black, black comics. comics. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Like I, I, what I really hope though because one of the one of the things I wanted to do with this book um that I would like someone else to do or, or maybe I can do it is I really wanted to focus on black comic strips and how they were used during the civil rights movement as forms of protest. So we mm. know about how mm. music was used as a form of protest. We know about um, how the media we, was used, but there are a lot of comic strips that that challenge the raci- racist status quo in the '40s and the '50s, and that's that's really what, what I wanted to elaborate on in that chapter that talks about the history of comics. And, and I would I would like something to come out, a, a book to come out around that because we don't hear about that a lot. Like for example, um, when we talk about Jackie Orms and, and the Torchy character. She had a comic strip where the character acted like she couldn't read and sat in the white section of the bus. This is before Rosa Parks. Wow. Um, yeah, Torchy Brown sitting in the white section of the bus. So I, I really want uh, a book to elaborate on that aspect, how comics were used as a form of protest against white supremacy. Do you see, time. especially now with uh, it, with press with people you know they're trying to find reason for to get people to read books mm-hmm. so much more and um you see myself and probably randy in the comic book stores you see so many big picture books reprinting uh, old comic strips mm-hmm. like they're reprinting old superman and batman comic strips they're reprinting little nemo and 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 pogo and all that type of stuff it would be cool just like you just said to see to be able to see visually the civil the civil rights or or just civil rights in general not necessarily even that that era but just civil rights mm-hmm. in comic strips in some big picture book yes. with all, just a variety of the of the comic strips you know I would I would love to see that that book and and you probably. would think that that should be able to happen because like you said most of those artists they weren't syndicated so they right. probably still own their own right. stuff or right. their their estates should you right. know if they were at least Hopefully diligent about saving their mm-hmm. stuff, which at that time, you know, it's pretty iffy. Mm-hmm. That would be a, um, a monumental and a great project Absolutely. to see somebody Absolutely. put together. So I talk a little bit about that in that in that first chapter, but I, I really would like to do more of that. I think that would be really significant for the history of African Americans. All right. Well, we're not going to let you get away. <laughs> Dr. Sheena Howard, Black Comics, Politics of Race and Representation. You can find us on Amazon and also physically uh, uh, at, at Comics and More in King of Prussia, as well as Plymouth Media. You can find her at any uh, comic convention. She'll be there. Go up to her, uh, get the book uh, autographed. She's she's 
you'll you'll love it. She's a, she's a cute chick. <laughs> um, but we're not going to let you get out of here without giving us your triple designation. You know, I was expecting this question. I have a couple <laughs> names in mind. Okay. Um, trouble, triple. Do you have a trouble, triple? Hmm. I don't believe we have a trouble triple. Do do we, Kennedy? That doesn't sound familiar. I think we do have one. You have a trouble triple? I I know we have no trouble at all, but I don't think we have a trouble triple. Which you would think you would we would have one. That's what I'm saying. It sounds easy. So I feel like someone has has because the episode was the trouble with triples. Right. So you would think somebody would would come up with one, but no. I don't think anybody jumped on that. No. I know I, you have a doctor triple. Yes, we do yes. have a doctor. We do have a doctor triple. We have a professor triple. Um, we got a. I don't know. I don't know. Do we have a psychologist from? I don't know. A triple called Quest. Something? We we have yes. a triple called Quest. Yes. yes, that's Brandon Easton. Yes, writer Brandon. Easton. Everybody's like, oh, yeah. Sure. We, got, we got triple soul child, mm-hmm. triple son, and little triple on my chin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yes. If you met her, you would know why. That just happened. Um, do you want to go with trouble? 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 Triple. You want to go with trouble? Trouble? I ain't nothing but trouble. Oh, <laughs> oh snap! <laughs> wow! Uh, uh, don't look at me in that. Say that and smile. All right, so <laughs> let's hand it over to the master dribble to make Good this heavens. official. All right, so we're going to swear you in. We don't need to check your ID. You're already good. So what I need you to do is raise your right hand to Stan Lee and your left hand to DC and repeat after me. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. From the way I roll to the way I coo. From the way I roll to the way I coo. So shall it be said. So shall it be done. Welcome, trouble, trouble, to the nation. Stand and be counted. Welcome, welcome. You're welcome back. It's in the mail. Thank you. Awesome That is great. That is fantastic. And you are invited to come and, and and partake with us and party with us and bring bring your book on December 19th on Thursday to Myth Media Studios, where we will be having our Christmas Triple E. We will be getting down, ladies and gentlemen, with some margarita cupcakes. Mm, mm, good. We will be playing the 70s game match game with very special guest host Wes Shank, owner of The Blob. And for prizes for you, you can win these prizes, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting all the prizes together as we speak, as well as having a screening of He rode a blazing saddle. Blazing saddles, ladies and gentlemen. shining star in something in conquer battle <laughs> to bad men near and far. It goes down Thursday, December 19th, 8pm. He turned on Free admission. Free admission, ladies and gentlemen. All you gotta do is just uh, RSVP on our Facebook page. Uh, you can look for our Christmas Triple E on Facebook as well. We hope to see you Thursday, December 19th for our Christmas Triple E. And, and Sheena, I hope you can make it and hang out with us as well. Yeah. All right, I'm done. That was awesome. <laughs> for Bat Triple, Spider Triple, Trouble Triple, Master Triple, and Super Triple, this is Storm Triple saying, live long and prosper. May the force be with you. Be good, you guys. Go Birds.